The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Raise your hand if you've seen Wonder Woman. Anybody seen that movie already? Okay, actually, um, so far this uh, summer, uh, this movie uh, this has become, I guess, the superhero hit of the summer with high praise both from critics and from audiences. Uh, now, raise your hand if you grew up watching Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. That's kind of uh, what I remember as far as Wonder Woman goes. I remember watching uh, that on television right after The Six Million Dollar Man. Um, this morning, what I want us to do is we're going to look at a verse of Scripture found in what is widely known as the Wonder Woman chapter of the Bible, uh, Proverbs 31. Now, if you are a woman and you grew up in church, you have probably heard of the Proverbs 31 woman. You've probably heard sermons on Mother's Day uh, from this passage. You, you might have even gone to conferences and heard teachers teach on Proverbs 31, about the Proverbs 31 woman. And you have a love-hate relationship with her because like Wonder Woman, she is seemingly this uh, perfect woman. Well, today, uh, I'm going to preach through uh, not all of Proverbs 31. I really want to focus on one particular verse and use that as a springboard, but it comes from Proverbs 31. Now, let me begin by saying that I got a lot of positive feedback last week uh, from the ladies here at Coastal about last week's message. Uh, again, last week was Father's Day. We talked about the type of man that God is looking for. And it was a pretty strong, you know, pretty challenging message, I think, geared toward men. Uh, so I got a lot of positive feedback. That's probably not going to happen this week, okay? Um, now, ladies, I do believe that God wants to encourage you. He wants to, you know, uh, speak into your life, encourage you. But I also believe that he does want to challenge you as well, just like men. Uh, in fact, we all need that, right? Amen? We all need that, you know? Uh, we all need encouragement, but we all need the Word of God to speak into our lives and challenge us. Uh, so let me set a couple of ground rules up, first of all, before we begin. Now, men who are married, I would encourage you today not to amen loudly at certain points in the message, or it will not go well for you your remaining days on planet Earth, Okay? Secondly, ladies, during the message, you are going to be tempted to argue with me. Uh, you're going to sit there, and you're gonna, your initial reaction is going to be, yeah, but Pastor Chris, but you don't understand, but my husband, but, 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 but. So, let's take the focus off of your butt for a few minutes today, and ladies, I know especially if you are married, uh, I know that he's got problems, okay? He is absolutely messed up. I mean, look at him right now. Turn and look at him. We all know. We see what you see. He is messed up, okay? He's not perfect. We understand that. But I have done message after message after message challenging men. I, 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 feel, I feel a strong call to do that. Um, so we've, I've spoken to men. I've been pretty hard on the guys over the years. So today, uh, no arguing. Today, it's not, yeah, but. Instead, how about this? Lord, what do you want to say to me today? What's your message for me today? 
Ladies, I really believe that many of your personal struggles come from not knowing who you truly are. Uh, your true identity. You know, we just got finished singing, I am a child of God. Some of you really don't know who you are and whose you are and what God's word says about you. And as a result, there are all kinds of negative consequences in your life over the years. Listen to me. You are beautiful. You are a beautiful daughter of the king. You are absolutely beautiful. You know, I remember when I first started dating uh, my wife, Janet, we were in college. I would actually tell her all the time just how beautiful I thought she was. I mean, I just, I was just enamored with her, you know, and I would just tell her all the time. I'd, I'd, uh, she, would work in, she worked in the library in college, and uh, that was the only reason I went to the library. No, I, but I would, uh, I would kind of, you know, bound into the library, and I'd say, hey, beautiful, and I just called her beautiful all the time. Now, to my shock, it actually made her feel uncomfortable because she wasn't used to that. And she did not see herself that way. And so not wanting to embarrass her or upset her, we actually you know, had this little conversation where I said, okay, okay, I get it. Let, let's compromise. I think you're beautiful. I know you are beautiful. But for now, until you get with the program, you know, until you come on board, uh, we'll come up with something else. We'll come up with like another name or another little code word. And every time I use that name or that word, then you'll know, we'll know that what I'm really thinking is just how beautiful you are. And so we actually did that. Now, this does sound really cheesy, but this is a true story. The word actually was slugger, okay? That sounds pretty terrible, doesn't it? So I was like, hey, slugger, you know? And, and so it became like a little pet name for Janet when we were dating. And, and still to this day, if I, you know, sign a car, address her on a card, you know, slugger, she knows, I know. Now, she's gotten used to the fact that I think she's beautiful. Um, but for a lot of you, for many women especially, your true identity, you know, what God says about you, your mind has not yet been renewed by the word of God and what he says about you, that is a lifelong struggle for you. Some of you are sitting there today and you're saying, okay, well, great, Pastor Chris, you know, I'm beautiful. Why can't my husband see that? Or you're single and you're thinking, Pastor Chris, if I'm so beautiful then why can't other guys see the beauty in me? Maybe. I just want you to consider this as a possibility. Maybe you are the biggest barrier to people seeing the beauty in you. Maybe it has nothing to do with who you're married to. Maybe it has nothing to do with your circumstances. Maybe you are the biggest barrier to someone being able to see the beauty that's inside of you. It's possible that the biggest barrier to people seeing the beauty in you is your unwillingness to confront character flaws in your life. You see, I believe that your beauty and your potential could be released and realized if you would take some time to focus on you and what God's word says about you, not him, not focus on your past, 
Not your job, but you. The Bible says this in Proverbs 31.10. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Man, there's uh, some awesome implications there. You know, the writer did not say, a wife that looks good. He can find that. He didn't say, a woman who knows how to dress. He can find that. He said, what I'm really looking for is a woman who possesses godly character. A wife of noble character who can find. And then he says, she is worth far more than rubies. In other words, she is priceless. That's a priceless gift. In fact, if you're a man here today and you're married to a woman of noble character, you know it. You know that you have a priceless treasure. You know that she's awesome. You know that she's incredible. And you're thankful. So today, ladies, um, I want to talk to you about being a woman of noble character. And to do that, we are going to use this word here in this verse, Proverbs 31.10, the word wife. But before I jump into that, I want to talk to the single guys for a second this morning. The Bible says, again, in Proverbs 31.10, a wife of noble character who can find. And then here in Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. In other words, I, I think there's a principle here. Single guys, quit praying and expecting that this woman is just going to show up at your doorstep out of the blue, and you need to get up off your butt, and you need to go find her. Okay, go find her. But Pastor Chris, I am scared. Well, that's why you're single, okay? Um, Now, before we move any further, I want to give the single guys a little advice. I want to talk to you for a moment like a father would talk to his young son. Um, A little fatherly advice. If you are going to ask a girl out, the first thing you need to do is you need to grow up and be a man. Now, I was going to say something a little bit stronger, but suffice it to say that I think there are too many babies out there walking around posing as real men. If you want to ask a girl out, oh my goodness, do not send her an obscure little text or email thinking, I was thinking about maybe one day if you're not too busy, what are you doing, you loser? Okay, (laughs) don't send her a text. Don't send a friend to do that. I mean, that was cool when you were in the second grade, okay? You know, I like you, do you like me? Check yes or no. Um, If you see a girl that you're interested in, you ready for this? This, You would think this would be natural and normal, but it's not today. Walk up to her. Look her in the eye. Be a man and talk to her. You actually talk to her, speak words from your mouth and say, I don't know if you know this or not, but I think you're the most beautiful creature God has ever made. 
and I'd like the honor of taking you out to dinner this Friday night. And if I can't take you out to dinner on Friday night, I'd love to take you to breakfast on Saturday. And if I can't take you to breakfast on Saturday, I'd love for you to come to church with me on Sunday, and then we'll go out to lunch together after the service. And then, if she says yes, you show up on time. Now, she won't be on time, and you have to deal with that. She's, she's going to be late. She's a woman. You just keep your mouth shut, okay? Then you take her out to the car, and you're ready for this, men. Open the door for her. Okay, that got applause in the first service. I don't know why or why it did, but anyway, there you go. Okay, I wasn't asking for that. It was just kind of interesting. Of all the things, that was, yeah, open the door for her. Um, open the door for her like any gentleman should like any gentleman should, and then drive to the destination. And what I mean by that is, listen to this, you ready? Have the date planned. Be a man, show some leadership, show some initiative. Do not say, what do you want to do? Show some creativity, plan the date, pick out the restaurant, pray over the meal. Don't take her to the movies unless you're a loser. Don't do that for your first date. You know, because you're not going to learn anything about her. Take her to her house. Don't put your hands on her. Don't try to kiss her. Then you get in the car and you beg God Almighty for the opportunity to take her out again. And then you're ready for this tomorrow. You call her the next day and you thank her for the honor of taking her out. That is how you find a wife. There. Now, women, that'll be the last time you applaud. So, um... The letter W, it stands for your words, your words. Ladies, I want to ask you, how are you using your words? And that is important because Jesus said this in Luke 6, 45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus said that what you say The words that you speak, they are a direct reflection of your character, of what's in your heart. So ladies, again, I know this is true of him. And I've spoken to him directly, but I'm talking to you right now. The words that you speak are a reflection of your heart. So how do you use your words? Two questions I want you to think about. Number one, how do I talk to him? How do I use my words when I'm speaking to my husband? Now, single guys, let me give you some insight here. When it comes to understanding the character, the heart of the girl that you are dating, pay attention to how she speaks to other people. Because how she speaks um, to the people that are around her is an indication of whether she's full of pride or full of grace. If you go out to a restaurant and she's always talking down to the wait staff, She's always talking down to her parents. She's always speaking ill or talking down to her roommates and her friends. Chances are her heart is full of pride and you need to get out now. But specifically to the married ladies, how are you talking to your husband? Or this might be more important. Do you talk to him? Your husband is not a mind reader. If you are upset and something is wrong, you've got to tell him. And if he asks you, what's wrong? And you say, nothing. Now you are a liar. (laughs) Well, 
Well, but Pastor Chris, I just want him to know. Okay, so now you're a liar and you're a manipulator. Okay? If something's wrong, you've got to tell him something's wrong. Ladies, do you yell at your husband and talk to him like he's a child? Because when you yell at your husband, you put him in a position where no one's going to win. You know, if he yells back, then you go, tell, you go tell everyone in your family that he yelled at you, and if he sits there and he takes it, then you begin to resent him because he's a passive male. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm just emotional. No, you're sinful. Because an adult, a mature person, knows that they can control their emotions and not put their partner in a position where nobody's going to win. When's the last time you encouraged him? Seriously, when's the last time you told your husband, you are the man, you're my man? Because there's not a man in this room who doesn't want to hear that and receive that encouragement from his wife. Second question, how do you talk about him? Ladies, what do you say about your husband to other people? That's an indication of your character as well. So let's play, let's pretend, just for a moment. Your husband does something stupid. Now, for most of us, that's not pretend, right? It's reality. Men, we have a gift. It just comes easy for us. But then, what a lot of women do is they pick up the phone, get on Facebook, and they say, let me tell you what moron did today. And they just begin to bash their husband. And that gets spread all over town. Now, maybe, many times, by late that afternoon or that evening, moron comes home and realizes what a stupid thing he did or stupid thing he said, and he might even apologize for it. But you've already started a fire, and the next time you get together with your friends or your family, they say, hey, how's moron, you know? How's moron doing? And yet the Bible, God's word, says this. Proverbs 26, 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without gossip, a quarrel goes down, dies down. And that ought to be a laminate on some of our refrigerators. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. You know, when he does do something stupid, instead of picking up the phone and texting a friend, why not go to God and say, God, please convict him of his stupidity. (laughs) You know, one, one of the things that I've loved about my wife over the years is that she does not talk about me in a, in a negative way in front of anybody else. We don't do that uh, to each other. We don't, we don't do that. I don't do it to her, she doesn't do it to me. And listen, I've given her plenty of ammunition over the years. I've done a lot of stupid things. And there's some of you kind of like, well, yeah, but Pastor Chris, there are some women here, and when they're having problems in their marriage, they just feel like they can come to me and they can talk to me. You need to ask yourself why. I'll tell you why. Because you are a garbage dump and you will receive their trash. When you bag up your trash, you don't take it to the uh, post office. You don't take it with you to the grocery store. You take your trash to the only place that will receive your trash. They don't need to vent. They need to sin and you've decided to help them out. That doesn't make you godly. That doesn't make you a licensed professional counselor. It makes you complicit in sin. And it's called gossip. 
how do you talk about your husband? Ladies, have you surrounded yourself with other godly women who build up their husbands or tear them down? What about this? How do you talk about your husband around the children? I, I know women who will uh, bash their husband for years and years in front of their children, and then, listen to this, their children will hit those teenage years, and then they wonder why their kids don't show respect to their dad. It might be because you have discipled them not to. Now, let me say something to the single moms. He walked out on you. Um, he abandoned you. He hurt you. And in your mind, in your heart, you have every right to tell your four-year-old what a pitiful excuse for a man their dad is. But there will come a day when you're hoping that that dad will step up and step in and have some sort of relationship with his kids. And if you've done nothing but emasculate him for years, how in the world is that child ever going to respect their dad? You're going to make that more and more difficult. And listen, he might not step up or step in. And I guarantee you, eventually, that child will know the truth. But it's not your job to point, that, point them in the direction of that when they're a child. They'll figure that out. They will, and they need you there for love and support and help. Your words. The letter I. Uh, intentional. Intentional. Are you intentional about putting the needs of your husband ahead of your own? You know, in every single wedding that I perform, I quote Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And then I will look directly in the eye of the husband. And I will say, from this day forward, you are to put her needs ahead of your own. And then I will look in the eye of the wife and I will say, from this day forward, you are to put his needs ahead of your own. And then I'll say something like this. You see, that's how it works. When you put his needs ahead of, of yours and, and you put you know, her needs ahead of your own, when you're both doing that for each other, you know, it's this beautiful circle of love and, and both of your needs are met. So ladies, what about you? Are you intentional about doing that, about putting his needs first? Just try it. What are, your, what are some of your husband's biggest needs? Ask him. And some of you are saying, again, Pastor Chris, I knew it would come to this. I already know what he's going to say. It's on his mind right now. He's not thinking about your sermon. He's thinking about that. It was on his mind this morning. It is all he wants. Sex. Let me ask you. Is that a bad thing that he would want that from you? Like, ladies, do, do you understand that if you're married, biblically, you are the only person that will ever be able to meet that need for him? I don't think that's a bad thing, that, that he wants you, that your husband wants you. There's nothing wrong with you putting that as a priority in marriage. It's a beautiful thing in marriage. And some of you are thinking, oh, but Pastor Chris, I can't even believe you're talking about it in church. That's dirty. And his prayer is, Lord Jesus, make her dirty. Amen. Um, listen, where did you get that idea from? 
Where did you get that idea that, that something is wrong with sex and marriage? You know, he just can't keep his hands off me. He's always pawing at me. Again, is that a bad thing? Is that a problem? You know, God came up with this idea. Proverbs 5, listen to this. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Those are great verses. I mean, the Bible says that a husband and a wife should place each other's needs ahead of their own as a priority. And that even does include sex. That's not a bad thing. The letter F. It stands for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now, ladies, I've already said this, but you know that your husband is going to say and do some stupid things. He's going to make some mistakes, uh, whether it's about the finances or the car or the house or the children. In fact, he will even do and say some stupid things after you have warned him about how stupid it would be if he would do that thing. He's still going to do it. Now, let me ask you, when life moves on, do you have a tendency to constantly bring up those mistakes and throw them in his face? 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Love is not irritable and it keeps no record of when it's been wrong. Now let me say this to the single women today. Are you a forgiving person? Because if you're single and you have anger and bitterness in your heart, especially toward another man because you have been, you've been hurt, you've been wronged. If you don't process that, if you don't get rid of that anger and that unforgiveness, listen to me, you will naturally project that anger on the next nearest man closest to you. And maybe the reason God hasn't brought a godly man into your life is there's not a man out there that can handle your anger. You've got to deal with the anger and the bitterness in your heart before you're ready for a godly relationship. Married ladies, what about you? Are you forgiving? Man, I know that's hard. I know it's hard for everybody. Honestly, I, I do think, though, in many ways, it's harder for women than men. But listen to me, Satan, the enemy, he wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants you to remain angry, to remain bitter towards your husband. And one of the ways that he'll go about doing that is put these little pop-ups in your mind that remind you of that stupid thing that your husband did five years ago, ten years ago. Now, here's why I think it's maybe even more difficult for a woman, because when that thing pops up in your mind, you don't just remember the event, you actually feel the emotions of that again. And it's kind of hard to separate yourself from that. And yet Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, ladies, in a relationship between a husband and a wife, we're actually supposed to remind one another of Christ. But for some of you in this room, you don't remind your husband or your wife of Jesus. You remind them of Satan because you're always bringing up the past. And the deceiver does that. Satan does that. As believers, we're obligated to forgive one another. We, we preached a whole series earlier this year called The Real F Word, talking about forgiveness. Ladies, are you forgiving of your husband? It speaks of your character. The letter E, expectations. 
Ladies, do you have realistic expectations in your relationships? Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not talking about lowering your standards. In fact, next week I'm going to talk a little bit about you know, standards of relationships, especially in dating and single adults. But I'm just saying that some women, I think, have very unrealistic expectations in relationships. Single girls will say something like this. I've, I've heard this. I just want the perfect man. Seriously. You know, well, you're going to find the perfect man right between the leprechaun and the unicorn, okay? He just doesn't exist. You know, I, I think for some single girls, if Jesus himself came back to earth today, he would not be good enough for you because you've got this long checklist. And, and I think God would look at that checklist and he would go, wow, nope, did not make that. You know, he, he does not exist. You're not going to find that. Ladies, my fear, for those of you who are married, you see, you are so busy trying to get your husband to be godly that the Holy Spirit is not going to move because you're in his way. Well, he needs to do this and he needs to do that. Well, you know what? That might be right. But the danger for some of you is that you're so focused on what God needs to do in him that you can't see what God wants to do in you. And so you've become a nagging wife. Proverbs 19.13 says, A foolish son is his father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like a constant what? Tripping, tripping, tripping. Like water torture. Proverbs 21.9, better to live on, on a corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. And then verse 19, better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. Ladies, if your husband were picking out a verse in the Bible to describe you, would he pick one of those? Or would he pick Proverbs 31.10? A wife of noble character. Who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Now, ladies, God may want to do a work in your husband. In fact, I'm sure he does. He wants to do a work in all of us. And I think you can pray for that. Last week, I challenge you to pray for the heart of your husband, to pray for the heart of the person you're dating. But as a married woman, you know what? Your number one prayer should always be, God, what is it you want to do in me? What do you want to do in me? It might be easy to find his faults, but God, what needs to change in me? How am I using my words? Am I intentional about placing the needs of my husband ahead of my own? Am I forgiving? God, what do you want to do in me? Because ladies, if the relationship isn't where it needs to be, the first person you always need to look at to fix anything, it's yourself. But Pastor Chris, it's like 99% his fault. Well, okay, then you work on the 1% and pray, God, I'm not going to be that quarrelsome, ill-tempered, nagging wife. Now you get him in Jesus' name. And you will be amazed at what God can do if you will just get out of his way and let God do the work that only he can do. Only God can change people. Now, we need to cooperate with him. And you can't change somebody else. You can only change yourself, but then they have to change how they respond to you. Because when you begin to pray, 
that God will do something amazing in you. It is miraculous what God can do in other people. Listen, only Jesus can change him. And the change that Jesus may want to bring about in him could start with the change that Jesus wants to do in you. So I want to challenge you this morning to be open to that. Just like I said last week, you know what the reality is? We all fall short. When we hold up the word of God as our standard, for men, for women, husbands, wives, parents, we all fall short. We all need his grace. And we all need a savior. The good news is, God has provided one. And his name is Jesus. You know, coming to Coastal, coming to church, being a believer, it's not a self-help program. It's not being the best you that you can be. We don't need, uh, you know, to imp- self-improvement. We need a brand new person. We need a resurrection. We need new life. And that only comes through Christ. That's the hope. That's the good news. But the best life possible, the abundant life comes when we try to become, we become more and more like God already sees us. And he actually gives us the power and the desire to do it if we'll cooperate with him. That's our hope. This morning, maybe God is drawing you to himself and he wants to give you that brand new life, that resurrected life. You can have it today through faith. I want to pray for the ladies here today, for the men, for the families represented in this room. I want to pray for life change. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. And uh, Father, I thank you for uh, the godly women in my life over the years that I've uh, looked to for leadership and change and example. Um, Lord, I want to pray today for those, uh, for the women here in this room, for those who are watching, for those who are listening. God, I pray that... um, they would become more and more like you see them. Beautiful. A daughter of the king. Your child. And I pray, God, that they would let your word wash over their mind and recreate them into who you say they are. And, um, Father, I pray for the, the marriages and the relationships in this room. May we constantly seek to put you at the center of our lives center of our relationships. Listen, if you're here today and you're ready to come home, if you're ready for that brand new life, that resurrected life, you can be forgiven today. You You can come home. Open up your heart. Pray something like this. You say, dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do believe. I do want to come home. I recognize that I have blown it. I, uh, I've messed up more ways than I count. Call it what you will. I am a sinner. I admit it. And I believe that Jesus actually went to the cross for me. My sin put him on that cross. But your love, your power was too great and he overcame death, sin, and the grave. And he rose from the dead and he is alive. Today, God, I believe it. And I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. For the rest of my days, God, I just want to become more and more like you see me now in Christ, in grace, forgiven, brand new, and clean. Father, we love you. I pray.
pray all these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.